In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley. And my podcast figment of my imagination is the one, the only. <laughs> Travis Ratz here. Travis Ratz swinging in from the jungles of Japan. Oh, Are there jungles in Japan? Tailspin. Uh, th- yeah. No, I don't know. Like, but there's, Well, I'm trying to think like there's jungles in Vietnam and that's relatively in the same. Yeah, no, there's not like that kind of jungle. Equatorial area, but no. I think okay. it's more like, what do they call them, like a coniferous forest? Is that a thing? Did I make that up? I Like a cone-bearing trees, like pine yeah, yeah, trees? Yeah, 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 yeah. Conifers? Conifers. Would you okay. call it a coniferous forest if there's filled conifers? It sounds like you're saying carnivorous, like the trees eat you. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This it's is, we have that death forest by Mount Fuji, you know, where people right, like commit right. suicide. People suicide like commit suicide? Yeah. That's strange. That's really weird. Yeah. So. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast where we talk about types of forests. No, JK, no types of forests. This uh, week on types of forests, <laughs> candy forest. Ooh. Candy, ooh, candy forest. So, guys, you're tuning into the Comic Exposure Podcast where we do a couple things. We talk about comics. We talk about what's going on in the world of nerdiness. You are on a comic book club episode. And this is like two comic book clubs in a row, Travis. It's, it's mind-blowing. That double, we're doing two comic book clubs in a row. You know, double, can I, can I tell you double page spread. My favorite thing of every intro is watching you s- stretch your mind for what we're doing. Right. On the Comic Exposure <laughs> Podcast. And what we do is, and then I see your face reach back into your mind and just panically, in a panic and, motion, try to figure yeah. out what it is we are doing. <laughs> but I say the same thing yeah. every time. But... You're with us on the Comic Exposure Podcast, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a comic book for you that we're reading. We are reading Terry Moore's Motor Girl, which was uh, put out on Abstract Studio. It's the whole omnibus, the whole story. We're reading Mr. Indie Comic, Terry Moore. We read Motor Girl, and we're going to dive into that bad boy today, but before we do... We got we got an announcement. We got some announcements. Yeah, yeah. We got some announcements. So, Travis, why why don't you lay it on the people? Lay it on them. Like a, like a cozy blanket. Josh? Yeah. I'm getting married. You're such a liar. Don't lie. Who do you... You're not getting married. To your butt. Oh, hilarious. Oh, nailed it. Uh, no, we nailed do have some it. announcements. Uh, so uh, the way comic exposure works is we keep things <laughs> the exact same. <laughs> the exact same for months and months at a time. And then one of us... Uh, we'll be like, well, why don't we do this? And this is how it typically goes. Josh will be like, well, why don't we do this thing? And then I look at how we could accomplish that, and I'm like, oh, that's so much work, dude. Right, and right. Then, but in looking that up, I find a workaround that's much more simple, much easier. and easier to yeah. do, and cheaper. And we just happen to, we just so happen to stumble across one of those. So for uh, people who listen on iTunes, one of the things that I figured out how to do, I like, hacked it like hackers, man. Hacked the planet. Boop, 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 boop. You hacked the Gibson? I'm like, yeah, I'm like the You're little... like Angelina Jolie? No, I'm more of the dude with the braids. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew Lillard. <laughs> 
you do kind of look like Matthew I'm, Miller. I I'm real Matthew Anyways, hacked it. And now if you go to iTunes, we have like 100 and all our, all our episodes are up there. What? What? see you. How many takes can we do with that? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, if before you're like, if we talked about like a, like a profit, our first episode, if we mentioned that, if we ref- if we referenced that, and you're like, huh, what's that all about? Well, you don't have to go to our website and dig back into the archives. You can just go to iTunes, keep scrolling. Keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling, and then you hit the bottom and you click on profit. So walk, that's walk good roll, news. Man. Uh, yeah. And then also we are now available on different platforms. I thought we were available on some of these <clears throat> other platforms before, uh, but now for sure I know we are. So this is are we on the Google Play? We are on the Google Play. Are we on the Stitcher? We are on the Stitcher. I don't know any other ones. And then the other one is uh, the other big one is uh, tuned in. Tuned in. Tuned in. Yeah. Tuned in. So you can find us now, ladies. So now you can. Now your friends are like, you know, you're telling your friends, all of you are. You're like, you should listen to the Comic Exposure podcast. I'm like, yeah. dude, I use an Android. And you're like, no, but you should listen to it. And they're like, I can't. I listen to instead of an Android. Okay. Now, <laughs> now you can go take that Android, take it. You just take for Android and you go to Stitcher. Yeah. And you can find it there or on, or on the Google Play Store. The Subpar Podcast it. Network. That's us. They're not paying us, us, so I can say that shit. You can find us. Stitcher is... uh, I don't like it as much. I don't like it as much. I have never used it. I have no clue. All I've used is is Apple Podcasts because I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. It's the best. So yeah, for your Android users out there, uh, you could tell. Or I guess you're probably not an Android user if you've been listening to us on the reg. Or on the rag. Uh, But now you can. Now you you can listen to us wherever across contents across platforms so i'm excited about that i'm pretty stoked i'm pretty yeah. stoked about it dude yeah so that's a big announcement we've got another one that we're going to talk to you guys about when we uh when we do the variant episode which will be the next the next episode i do believe is a variant yeah. so we're going to be we're going to be talking we'll talk about what's in the world of of nerd stuff we talk about some announcements that are going on and then i'm pretty excited that we've got a pretty great october show yeah. lined up but i'm gonna i'm gonna save that for the end of the podcast that yeah. way you listen to the whole thing yeah, you listen to it if you are gonna skip oh don't you don't you no. <laughs> skipping me josh no <laughs> so anything else travis what do you got for us today that's it i feel like that was a, i think that was a lot no we but usually don't have you, so much housekeeping in, in, we don't we don't so we're, we're gonna dive into oh, motor wait, wait. oh i got but, a quiz for you yeah, that's that what was, I was. About I was about. To, I, was about I was about to segue for it because okay. you that you had one and you didn't do. You didn't take my segues. So let's talk about forest. Yes, the forest, the the forest life. So we're we're reading Motor Motor Girl. We read Motor Girl. Terry Moore's Motor Girl. And you said you had a quiz for me I on this. I'm curious. Up, I'm curious as to what your quiz is. Uh, and keeping up with our tradition of three comic book book club podcast now uh i have prepared a little quiz for josh you will remember back right, it was right. black superhero or band then we did yes. real yeah. real mutant power or fake today is superhero vehicles we're reading motor girl oh, all let's right let's talk about how these superheroes get around now there's two Kay. ways i can give you this quiz josh you tell right. me which one you prefer i think one is all harder right. than the other I, I like you, I like that you're giving me options. It's I, like a good educator. You're giving I can me... give you the name 
of the vehicle and then you give me the superhero or I can give you the superhero and you give me the name of the vehicle. Oh man, I'm going to ask for the you give me the vehicle, I will give you the superhero. Okay, that seems like the easier way to do it. You know, I'm definitely taking the easier way. Yeah. I'm All right. Okay. I got nothing to prove. Let's do a little let's do we'll do a couple warm-ups, right? We'll just let's do a little right. couple warm-ups here. Um <clears throat> Blackbird the Blackbird is yeah. the X-Men's. Very good. Of course. Quinjet? That's the Avengers. Very good. Okay. You warmed up? Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. I'm good. The Owl Ship. The Owl Ship? The Owl Isn't Ship. Isn't that... That's the owl dude from uh, Watchmen. That's correct. I don't know what his name is. The Owl Man? The What's owl, his name? I think. The yeah, owl, well, I've read owl. Watchmen. I read Watchmen once. Yeah. I think it's Night Owl. Night Owl. Okay. Yeah, you didn't like it. I didn't. You really don't like that that '80s, like that mid '80s, it, kind of like Frank Miller, Alan Moore kind of tone. It's too gritty. Yeah, you're like too the Paul, gritty. you're like the Paul McCartney of this podcast. Too gritty, kitty buddy. Can't yeah. I can't handle it. You're like you're like I wanna hold your hand. I and do. I'm, and I'm like I am the Eggman. I am the Eggman. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it's it's two of its time, I think. But anyways, let's go with it. Let's go with I don't want to I don't want to do a long form discussion. I'm sure we'll be reading some post apocalyptic 80s Alan Moore thing at some point in the future. So, right. uh, Right, right, All right. right. Um, Let's go with uh, the sky cycle. The sky cycle. The sky cycle. Sky cycle. Mm hmm. Mm. Sky. And is it a. Can you tell me, is it a boat bicycle or a, a, is it a, a sky, is it the Fantastic Four? Is that no. no, the fan, no, sky, I have no idea. Fantastic Four, that's my guess. It's totally that's wrong. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's old school kind of Fantastic Four S. That's actually Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes. Hawkeye? Wait, is it a motorcycle that flies? It's, yeah, it's got, it's, it looks like a, it looks like a, a, a washing machine that somehow hovers above the ground. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. Like the arrowy. Like the yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Like the Avenger. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> the most unpopular <laughs> Avenger. All right, Um, uh, the bug. The bug. The bug. Is it Blue Beetle's shit? That, that's very good. How'd you get that? <clears throat> Just it, oh, he's a bug. bug. He's a bug. Well, so, like, Spider-Man's a bug. It was either, it was either him or Ant-Man. Could have been Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't need his shit because he just webs everywhere. Doesn't he have the little Spider-Dune buggy? Like from, um, uh, they had, it crawls up walls and shit. Well, I think that was just on that cartoon. I don't know if it made, I don't know if it's canani- canonical. Can- <laughs> well, it was canonical? Old Man Logan, the comic. Yeah, I, you maybe. Yeah, you're right. Ooh, All right, let's you know who it. drives it in Old Man Logan? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yep. <laughs> you know are doing an Old Man Hawkeye right now? I've heard I it's know, good. I heard, I heard it's good too. I haven't read it. Um, I haven't read it. What about the Star Jammer? The Star Jammer? Mm-hmm. That's, uh... The Star Jammers ship. Uh, I'm gonna need I'm gonna the Star need... Jammers are a people, aren't they? Aren't they an actual group? Are they Star not Jammers? Ethnicity. No, but it's, it's a group. Like it's a Earthling. group of superheroes. Uh, you know, it's not like Earthling. And then what's another Cree? Uh, uh, Star Gem and the holograms. <laughs> Gem and the holograms drive the Star Jam. No, Star Jammer is that uh, is that the Guardians of the Galaxy? No, you were close enough. I'll take Star Jammers, but it's the Shi'ar Empire. The Shi'ar. Shi'ar but there's literally Empire. I'm pretty sure there's a comic book called The Star Jammers. Yes. I, pr- I probably have it. Yeah. I think I have a Star Jammers They hang French out edition. in the ship, the Star Jammers. Okay. But they Not- are of the ethnicity, the space ethnicity, 
Space Nifcity. So the next one, I can just go. If, I can just go a human. It's the human's ship, and you'll give it to me. Yep. All right. All right. Can All right, we let's please go. call uh, extra extraterrestrial ethnicities space nifities? Space nifities. I like it. All I like right. it. Um, space nifities. What about? Uh, we got two more. Um, battle van. The battle van. Is that the Ninja Turtles? Ooh, the no, Ninja Turtles. What is that one? That's like the the. Pizza the turtle mobile. Oh no, that's just the the uh, turtle the shell something. The the shells. Shell shocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I got my nephew one like like a one of those giant like inflatable yeah. tents. Yeah, yeah. Ones. I forgot what it's called, but something shell. Okay. Shell razor. Right. The shell razor. Shell. Boop. There we go. Because it's it raises hell. Yep. It raises shell. Raise a little shell. Raise a little so what shell. Is it it's the what van? Uh, the battle van. Battle van. I. What's the? It's the street sharks. That's it's the street street sharks. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what is it. Who's in the battle van? Um, that there there the street sharks is called the plank van. <laughs> Plankton? What's what's the who does the battle van? <laughs> who does the battle van? Yeah, whose uh, is it? Punisher. Oh yeah, okay. Yep, yeah, no, yeah. you're right. It's like that, like he, the the child rapey looking van that opens up right. in the back of the old 1980s. Like, He's I'm got like, a giant. Yeah. All right, and yeah. finally, a horse with a Gatling gun. A horse with a Gatling gun? Yeah. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Nice. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a horse with a Gatling gun. Yeah. Is it something from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Nope. Who has a horse? Is it Batman? Did Batman rode a horse once. Did he have a Gatling gun with it? No, the, ho- the Gatling gun is on the horse. I think if Batman's going to ride a horse with a Gatling gun, I think Batman's is working that Gatling gun. Okay, so the horse has, I have no idea. Oh, a Jonah Hex. Yeah, well done, I'd sir. Be, I'd be like, who the hell would ride a horse? Ah, Jonah Hex. Josh Brolin in Jonah Hex in theaters 2009. Never saw it. Never saw it. Pretty good. Excellent job. Excellent job. All right. Josh Brolin is killing it in the superhero department. Oh, though. I know. He's like, Thanos. Yeah. He's Cable. Yeah. He's Jonah Hex. Yeah. He could have easily been Hellboy if he wasn't already yeah. other things, too. I think he would have been a good Hellboy, but I'm looking forward to the Hellboy dude who's going to be Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Don't even give me a story yeah. on it. Uh, Hellboy boner. Uh, Hellboner. Right. So, Travis, let's get into this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Since we've taken your quiz, I've, I've solved... I've solved... The riddle of the Your puzzle. I've solved your motor puzzle. All right. I guess I have to, so, let, you, I guess I have to let you out of the, uh, the cellar now, huh? Yes. Is this a solve situation? So, yeah, yeah, it's very. I, it was either I solved it or I cut my own leg off. <laughs> I was it, very, very. It was very close. What's the battle van? Huh? What's the battle van? <laughs> and then my jaw is ripped off by something. I don't know. It's very disgusting. Uh, so here's what we're doing. We are reading uh, Motor Girl, which is put out. All of it is done by Terry Moore. The story, the art, the lettering, the whole shebang is Terry Moore. And Terry Moore is a longtime indie comic book artist, has a bunch of stuff he's put out, uh, a, a ton of different things. But this was one I heard a lot of good stuff about. Uh, I really I thought about doing Rachel Rising, but Rachel Rising is a much bigger read. I think it's like two of these. It's a it's a big honk of burning love. Uh, but I wanted to read something a little <laughs> more indie. I wanted to read something that wasn't the big two. We just the last thing we read was X-Men. Right. And it was like an indie take on X-Men, but it was still like Marvel history, essentially, is what it was. And and so I wanted to do something a little different. It's been a while. Actually, the last one we read was Daredevil, but that's okay. It's still it's still kind of 
We did, did Daredevil, we? Love and War. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. all right. You're busy. Daredevil. You're busy before, trying to save education. That, I get it. The X Men. Uh, so we read. We've read some some superhero stuff. So so I want to do something right. Something indie. Something a little different. So I piled into this. So this is my first question for you, Travis. Have you seen anything of this before? Before you opened it up on your Kindle, had you seen any of the pages of it or anything like uh, that? No, I, uh, I had not. I've o- I'd only seen the cover, and uh, I saw just when I kind of track like trades and look at kind of what we want to read. Uh, some of the places I'll do is I'll look at like you know what's what's the highest rated trade for the month, or what are critics saying? What's won awards? Um, yeah. And so this was this appeared on several people's list, and several several people were writing about as 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 some of the best uh, collection of stories in like 2017. Uh, yeah. So uh, I just knew it by word of mouth from critics, more, more of its critical acclaim. All right. So when you open this tome up, this omnibus, which I assume is probably, it's probably like 12 issues yep. or something right. like that. I turned it's on a, my Kindle and clicked on my app. Yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's a thick boy. Um, what did you think of it as soon as you opened it up? The first page. Were you were you expecting black and white? You knew it was indie comic. What were you thinking? Actually, you know, I did know it was black and white by by the time that uh, I opened it up, just because uh, we've been talking about this book for uh, a couple of months, and I yeah, and it's it's kind of hard to find on Amazon. You, you can find the uh, the two volumes, uh, but I I. It was, it was this whole thing, anyways. By the time I got it, I knew that it was black and white, um, and I had seen some of the sketchings of our main character, uh, Sam, uh, Motor Girl, and uh, so when I opened it up, I I was that's my that's what I was drawn to the most, the art on this. But taking a step back on here, because I do want we'll jump in and yeah. talk about that character is uh, Terry Moore. Um, uh, what how, what have have you? I know. There is this series in comics, like from the '90s, I believe, um, that was really popular. Is Strangers in Paradise? I think is what yeah. he's most famous for. Yeah. Had you seen any of that or been exposed to any of Strangers? I always see it in like boxes at like cons. Right. When I'm flipping right. through, there's always a bunch of Strangers in Paradise. Stranger in I've Paradise ne- or Strangers? I think it's Strangers. Strangers, yeah. But I've I've never read it. I know it's kind of like a uh, spy story i've oh, never read it? it though oh okay yeah it's it's one of those things where it seems like a big undertaking because it's a long series um i have i read the first couple issues of rachel rising which is another one of his books and i i i, I was like i'd really like to read more of that one but again that's like another undertaking like it's a 60 it's 60 issues or 50 issues or something yeah. it's like a big a big chunk and so this was kind of a maxi series right it's about 12 issues yeah. i was like okay i can i can do that I'll, let's let's check that out um and I had heard a bunch of good stuff about it, and it wasn't superheroes, and I wanted a different story. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it'd be a good one to do, um, but I had I haven't read much of him at all. I, I mean, I've seen his stuff, but I always thought that his work was more like Love and Rockets. I guess in my head, that's what because maybe it's because the the art style, yeah, uh, and like the way the girls are drawn and stuff like that. But it's I thought it like he like specialized in like these small kind of like uh chasing amy type stories you know uh and so when i opened you know when i got into this uh i was surprised by the the plot and 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 what it entailed in here so i summarized the last one yeah do you want to take this one sure i'll take this one 
what we we this story is about a uh, a former soldier named Sam who works at a uh, like a junkyard slash auto shop in the middle of the desert uh, in Nevada. Yeah, I want to say, uh, and. She has a gorilla with her that no one can see but her. So she has like a gorilla friend, Mike, that no one can see. She works for an old lady named Libby who owns the place. And then in the very first episode, you're like, okay, this girl is talking to a gorilla. And then aliens show up and crash land in the in the uh, like in the junkyard. And then they disappear. And you're not sure if those aliens are real or not. Uh, And but then like there's this whole conspiracy thing where people are trying to catch these aliens. There's some men in black type folks uh, that want to buy this land, catch these aliens and do all this stuff. And it's sort of this tale about, I mean, and we'll talk about this. It's really this sort of tale about PTSD and dealing with sort of the demons of, of traumatic experiences and alien and there's aliens in it. it's 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 like a really off the wall story there's like there's a little it feels a little uh hanna-barbera at times and i think that's because of the the aliens and but then there's like it is a little silly at points right but then it goes very serious and then back to this sort of silly take on it uh but i you know it it ends up, you know, you, you you I don't like we'll get to it, but essentially it's a story about these aliens who land in the desert, this girl who who tries to save them or at least protect them from these uh, sort of men in black esque characters, uh, with the help of her imaginary gorilla friend and an old lady. Yeah, I think you know I think a good entry into talking about this book is uh, we we've we've de- we've dealt with a couple of books like this. But oftentimes it's we have the writer and then we have the artist. We've had a couple where yeah. uh, like a Jeff Lemire type thing, uh, like Underwater Welder. He drew that one too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the idea of what kind of control you have over your story and what that lets you do. Like especially with Terry Moore in this book that he might not have been able to to do if he had an uh, a, uh, a separate artist on this and then, you know, like a really involved editor. I'm sure the editor, you know, was involved and stuff like that. But I think Terry Moore kind of is let to do his own devices. And he, he you know, he sits in his office, pens it, uh, pencils it, pens it, inks it, and then, you know, lays it all out. So every the layout, everything is all him. What Where do you see that coming in in the story? As far, is he, you think that's a plus the story has? Or do you think... Um, that having some collaboration might have given this more levels. What do you think? You know, I, I think that like he gets to make his own story, right? He gets to do exactly what he wants to do, and I, and I think there's there's both pluses and minuses. There's probably pluses and minuses to that as a character, right? Or as a as a as a writer, as a as an artist. Like you don't have anyone to bounce it off with. I mean, he gets to bounce off of his editor, um, so I'm sure that's helpful. But it really it's his story, and he gets to tell it however he wants, right? The images that's on that page, that's exactly how he wants it. You always hear about like Alan Moore's scripts, like how incredibly ridiculously detailed yeah. they were for something like uh, as we go back to something like Watchmen, how detailed it was, mm-hmm. because he wanted that kind of control, control. over every single panel. Um, and you don't have to do that here, right? Like you get to if you're your artist and the writer, you kind of get to do your own thing. And I really think. It's his story top to bottom. Yeah. You know, it's his thing front to back, cover to cover. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like it is really 
you know it's a labor of love and and you know that it's it's exactly what he wanted it to be yeah, and it kind yeah. of allowed. We talked about this last week uh, with Frank Miller and uh, Love and Death, that Daredevil story. It allows yeah. it to be more of that short story kind of form, where it's it's one person's idea. You know, it's right. not that it's not as collaborative as uh, some of the the bigger titles, superheroes, or the team up creative team projects are, where it's give and take. You know, and sometimes yeah. that can that can lead you to really cool places. But this is like, if I want to put aliens in here and I want them to look like Hanna Bar- Barbera aliens, then I'm going to put aliens in here and they're going to look like Hanna Barbarian. Uh, Hanna Barbarian. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but the idea. Uh, so one of the things I think it does really well that I noticed in particular in this that was done really well, is I think that Terry Moore really sets up his panels really well. Jokes are told really well. There's a really good beat in each of the jokes within a panel. He does do a really good panel. For everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, just off the top of my head, like when the guy, uh, Larry's jumping inside the couch. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's really paced out well. And I think, because nothing is lost. Nothing is lost between the script and then how the artist interprets that script. So that joke plays out exactly the way that Terry Moore wants it to play out. Um, right. And you see that with the dramatic beats, too. Um, when the uh, uh, when Sam is in Iraq and there's that the boy, uh, and that's how we get that monkey. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that some more. But that dramatic scene is played out really well because the panels and the dialogue and stuff like that just line up real perfect. He, he, right. he gets to pick his the camera angles he wants, for lack of better comedy no for sure and i think and, and we'll talk about the art a little later too but he 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 really is able to play a lot uh, play a lot with the idea of the realism and this sort of cartoon nature of it right yeah. like these these sam looks the most realistic in the whole thing and then everybody else is is very sort of characterish like character except for, except for Li- libby at sometimes towards the end where she gets like her face is so detailed when uh, Libby is wor- really worried about right. her. But yeah, yeah. You know, for the most part, most of the faces are kind of washed out with a few line uh, line hatches in there. And then you're right. Uh, Sam gets the most... Um, uh, she gets the most realism. Yeah, most like, realism. But I, I really love... I You know, I, I, I like how he's able... He really does get to give you exactly what he wants on every page, right? He's able to do it. And there's something to be said, and I'm sure we'll get into a little more about art, but there's something to say about, like, just the pen and ink. And, and that makes it, I think, probably a little more comic strippy, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost, you know, it's, it's very much... Sunday it, comics. It, Right, right. Sunday comics kind of feel to it. But, you know, I, I really let's let's talk a little bit about uh, sort of the story that we've got here. Um, what did you think when those aliens popped up? What was your first thought when you saw that? When they, when I saw like the ship and then and the aliens land, I was like, OK, cool. UFO, Nevada, scrap heap. This makes sense. But then when I saw how the car- the aliens were depicted art style wise, I was like, oh, OK, well, this all right. This takes me. I I don't know. I don't know what to expect now. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know how this this plays out because even if you have like an imaginary monkey like we do here, Mike, you think that would be like a real cartoony take on a gorilla, almost like Calvin and Hobbes esque, right? Like right. the idea of like it, that would be very Hanna Barbera. You know, like you'd have like grape ape, you know, style. <laughs> right, but the gorilla right. is uh, Mike is kind of realistic for a gorilla meaning like 
uh, it looks like if you were to make a comic uh, superhero out of a gorilla. But the right. alien is just stripped down lines and real Saturday morning cartoon. Like with the great kazoo almost, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, it's weird that she chose to do the gorilla this way in a more realistic depiction of what a, a, a talking gorilla might look like. But the alien is completely cartoony. So I thought that was an interesting uh, um, contrast. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why not all the make-believe stuff is, is done so cartoony, you know? Right. Well, here's the here's the weirdest thing about it. Like you see that the aliens change what they look like to different people, see them in different ways. Right. Like they're dogs to some of the other characters. And then they're that scary, weird thing at one point. Right. So they take on that that form for her. uh, And that's that's interesting because I'm not exactly sure why. Right. Like why that's the case. Um, But. You know, he just he's, you know, Terry Moore, he decided that, you know, this is how he wanted how he's depicting them. And it's a really interesting sort of way to do it. And I I find it um, when they first show up, because you know that the gorilla is or you assume the gorilla is not real, right? You don't know that it's not real yet. Yeah, and that you, first within episode. the first, yeah, and the first like when she's when Lippy comes in and then that's you right, see it yeah. off the couch, like within like the first three pages of the gorilla, you get a sense that's not real. Hopefully, you right? Know, as an as an like, observant reader, but uh, otherwise, the rest of the story might not make sense. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't like. The gorilla is there with Libby, like yeah. until until you've got that scene where that where it's gone, yeah, right? Exactly. And so, but like the first couple of pages, you're like, okay, what's going on here? It's, it's like a weird story. But then you think, like, are those aliens real too? Yeah. Right. Like you're not sure where to put it, or or how it's how it's working. And so you part of you start the story thinking about this this girl's crazy. Right. She she has an imaginary gorilla. She thinks she's seeing these aliens. And so it's a weird thing to play with throughout the story that the aliens are real, but the gorilla is not right. Like it it plays with perception in in the story. Right. Especially when you bring in that uh, the government entity agency, because they can see the aliens, right? Right. But they can't see the gorillas. So you're right. It is. I guess I didn't th- think about that. How that that plays uh, what the with what the reader is like. What are the rules to this world? You know. Right. And and you at first you think like, oh, she's just seeing the aliens too. The aliens are another part of her. Whatever's going on with her, because you don't know exactly what's wrong or why the gorilla's there at first, right? You just yeah. know that she's she's dealing with it. You know, she's got migraine. She's you know, these things are sort of happening. You're not exactly sure why, um, but you the whole time you're wondering if the aliens are there until the other people see them too, and then you're like, okay, the aliens are real, right? So it it plays with this story <clears throat> of what it's like. So let me ask you in a broader sense, what did you think of this this sort of bigger picture of how like Sam and PTSD and how, and, and the role that, you know, that the monkey that that gorilla plays and all of this, what did you, how did you think of that? How, how the story handles that? Yeah. So at first, just with the title of it and the way the art was and not knowing much about Terry Moore, like I had a hard time, not a hard time, but it took me a while to place like when this story was happening because of the scrap heap and the gorilla and the aliens. I'm like, is this some kind of like, post-apocalyptic 
like future in the beginning, you know, because it's got all the ingredients <laughs> of like scrap yeah. metal, like a tough uh, uh, warrior woman, uh, a, a giant like gorilla who's like biker styled out, and then these aliens. And then when they brought in the – she was in Iraq, I'm like, oh, okay, now it's starting to place it. Like I'm right. starting to place it in, in context of the world. I'm like, okay, this is like our time-esque uh, here. So I thought um, where the book took off for me and where I started to get into it and was like, okay, like I find value in this was when they showed that flashback scene into how that – why it's a gorilla, why her right. imaginary uh, friend is a gorilla. And I thought that was so touching – and so well plotted, and that comes back at the end, you know, like um, right. the idea of it, that for me, I know it's about, uh, you know, PTSD. I mean, that's very upfront. But for me, what I found the most interesting is just the pain of losing a friend, you know, like that yeah. I thought was the most heartwarming for me. Now, if I had suffered, if I had more experience with PTSD, uh, one time I was in a, a car accident and I had like bad dreams for like six months. And so I could say that PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I dream I had, a, I had this little imaginary lizard that would pop up and I was like, Oh shit. Then I stopped doing drugs. And, uh, um, but yeah, so I thought that for me, you asked me what that big picture was like and how I thought yeah. about that. I liked how they used that to talk about PTSD, but the byproduct and what I found enjoying more and 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 being more emotionally invested in is just like her struggle to like not want to give up this friend, this this right. safety blanket that she has attached herself to, even That's though because it's because her. of yeah, because it's killing her. Yeah, and there's this this sort of like she like he's a crutch for her and you kind of see like how she's dealing with all this with with the headaches and how she's drinking and how like you know she's in the bathtub and she's you know like all of this stuff to get through all of it and then you throw on top of it that there's you know um aliens that show up right but there's this real sort of heartwarming thing between libby and sam and sam and mike like this this relationship that you've got going on yeah that that Terry Moore does a really good job of there's so many like friendships in here, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. like the friendship between Vic the two. Larry. Yeah. Yeah. The friendship between Libby that. and Sam, yeah. the friendship between Sam and, you know, Mike. And so it's, it's this story that's filled with all these like buddies. Yeah. Right. And you would, you had mentioned this before and I really didn't think about it. Cause you said the idea of like, you, you thought, you know, all of his, because you didn't understand, you thought it was all like love and rockets. A very yeah. uh, what did you said? It was a very um, chasing Kevin Amy Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase, chasing Amy, Kevin Smith. And then I thought, like in my head, once you said that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Kevin Smith would make a really good version of this. He would direct. Oh, you're a right. very good, yeah, a would. very good version. Because I will tell you, some of the dialogue between the two goons is very sort of like Kevin Smithy. Yeah, there's, it is. You're right. You're right. Like the alien, like he would make a movie where the aliens look like that, and he'd be like, "I don't care. That's what the movie is, goes, right?" That's like my, that's the cartoons I grew up watching. I love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so it was very much. I thought, like, once you said that, it clicked for me. It's like this is a very sort of it. It feels like it feels very. The flavor of it is very nineties. Yeah, even Vic and Larry are like like Jay and Silent Bob. Right. Right. You know? um, I think what you were talking about, like, I really love, like, you were talking about, like, how, how it's about like, those the different pairings of friendship. Yeah. It's almost like Terry Moore is talking about 
your support systems, right? And how right. your support systems don't always come in the form that you think they're going to come in. You know, like you think it's going to be like, oh, the buddies that you like went through the tragedy with or the, the buddies that you came back to or whatever, whether you're dealing with addiction or whatever it is. But sometimes it could be an old lady or sometimes it could be like a coworker or sometimes it could be this made up gorilla that you, <laughs> your, your mind is so powerful that it creates this coping mechanism. And, and then and in there is a support system, right? Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's this. It's this very sort of like, um, he he is really talking about what gets you through it, right? Yeah. Like what gets you through those tough times, and how, you know, there are people around you who care about you, and you might not see it, right? Like Libby is that great example of someone who really cares about Sam, but Sam's not seeing it, mm-hmm. right? Until until it's almost too late. Yeah. When she has to go to the doctor and the doctor's like, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if we don't do this. She turns you know. to, to Lippy and she goes, I wish someone would just tell me what to do. And Lippy, Libby is just like, get the surgery there. I told right. you. Right. You know, yeah. and it's like that, that thing. I think when we get to a point where we feel lost, like we just want people like, and we don't know, like, is this the right decision? Should I do it? You're kind of just like, I wish someone would just tell me what to do. And I love how uh, Libby's just immediately like, yeah, get the surgery. I love you. I told you, yeah. here we go, right? Uh, yeah. That was really heartwarming. Uh, right, and I just, I really, this is, uh, you know, we read a lot of books on here, and I was really glad that we did the whole omnibus of this, right? Like, I'm glad that we were able to get oh, the God, whole. it would have been horrible if we read all right? volume one. The whole complete story of it, because it was a really, it's a really, and, and I don't say this, we don't read a lot of books like, like this. It was a really sweet story. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and it was. There was there's a lot of heartwarming stuff in it, even, you know, even though it's about this sort, even though it's got this wacky premise, right, that these the Hanna-Barbera aliens show up and that, you know, this girl is struggling, this this woman is struggling with, you know, PTSD and her the way that she's dealing with it is through this imaginary gorilla. Um, but there and there's all this seriousness with it, too. And I think that serious with the sort of like saccharine sweetness of the friendships and the goofy nature of it really makes a, a a very sort of heartwarming story that that I didn't expect when I picked it up. Yeah, I really don't think that they should market this in two volumes. I don't know why they that they was ever sold in two volumes. It should have always been one omnibus, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it just I, I don't think I don't know if there's enough there in just volume one that if it was just volume one that I would pick up volume two. Um, I'm curious. I, I don't know where the stop is. I, that's uh, it's I, that five one. issues. They do five and five. Okay. All right. Um, so I guess this was this was coming out every six weeks in single issues from like 2016 to like 2017 ish. You know, around there 2015. Yeah. Um, so in single issues, I could see like if you're a Terry Moore fan, following it and being just trusting trusting him. Yeah. But as not yeah. knowing Ter- Terry Moore is a storyteller, uh, maybe if I had read his other stuff. And I knew his style and how, how he builds things. I would, you know, read a volume one and a volume two. Otherwise, I'd find it, like, hard to stick with. Let me ask you this, Josh. Um, yeah. One of the things I always I cringe a little bit at in storytelling, because it is kind of like a cheat. I'm, I'm, I'm writing some stuff right now, and I immediately went back in and scrapped all my monologue narrations. And I'm like, that's cheating. And I loved it. I loved, like, just the, the character standing on stage and just, like... <laughs> just spouting all these poetic like lines yeah. and I just got rid of it. Cause I'm like, I'm cheating. That's a cheat. Right. 
There is a little bit of a cheat here, I think, uh, in the end, when you find out what, Josh? I don't know. What, you find what did out we fu- that it's all a dream. Like, that whole story takes place once Libby, when she goes in to tell, uh, when Libby goes in to tell Sam in issue one that someone's buying the scrap heap, she passes out. And, and then she wakes up in the hospital after the surgery. Libby takes her into the hospital right then and there. All that other government agency stuff, that's all while she's under oh, this. this uh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I caught that. Yeah. So and here, I don't let me, believe let me, you. Let me let me read it to you. Um, fill in. Let me uh, swipe, 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 swipe. Okay. So Libby says on this page when she cuts her hair. Oh well, I knew something wasn't right when I came to tell you I had an offer on this place. You were oh, slurring right. words and talking to that chair. I thought you were having a stroke. Then you fell to the floor and lights out. Wow, that's all. That's not how I remember it at all. So who's Mike? What the nurses said you were babbling about Mike in the ER. Somebody talking to somebody named Mike, right? So, and she talked about no, the you're right. Called the ambulance. So all that. Uh, um, all like the the FBI agent stuff, all, all that is you know we see the gorilla before then, and we see I think the alien before then as well. But that's all part of like her you know her shrapnel thing. So what do you wow. think about knowing that now? Like that that, that I I did not catch that, yeah. and because it's really like one throwaway line. Um, dang it! <laughs> I'm upset now. I'm a little upset now, um, but. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't change too much no. for me. I don't, but I don't think it was necessary for him to do that. I, because I mean, like, you got the gist and you got the point, like, because you could have written it off, like, oh yeah, maybe all this was probably just the shrapnel. It doesn't explain Libby's involvement, you know. But, um, yeah. but uh, you know, I always, I always cringe a little bit when it's like. Uh, when they get to the end of the story and they're like, it was all a dream. When when Newhart wakes up, right? Yeah. When, Jacob's ladder situation. Yeah, you know, I guess I never noticed that. But I still really like the story, even though I don't. Wow. You get to sit with it for a little bit. Yeah, you get to sit with no, it for a little bit. No, I got to sit with it. And I don't know that I like that at all. Um, but. Because it's still, still the, the gorilla was always in her head. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if we're if we're seeing it's basically if she's passed out and like going to surgery, we're in her subconscious. And most of the most of the story is in her like fevered PTSD shrapnel fucked up brain anyways. So what does it matter if like she was conscious during all this and it was all an illusion or she was unconscious and it was all an illusion, you know, but I just don't think it was necessary to say that she was unconscious this whole time. So when does she pass out the time? It's in the in uh, issue of... one. I have to go open up the other one, so I don't want to do that. But you can see it. Oh. It should be like right in that first issue when we first uh, when she's first in the living room. Really? Or maybe it's the second one. Do we meet Libby in the second issue or in the first? No, you meet her in the first issue, but she doesn't pass out. I, um... I believe, like for a second, it's I think it's in the dialogue. She's like, "Are you okay? You you look like you're dizzy. You look like you're gonna pass out." Watch you, like you know, like. Yeah. No. Now I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to. Oh, there it is. That's right. Samantha, are you okay? And then, oh, sorry. You kind of spaced out. 
And that's when she tells her that she's selling the scrapyard. And that's what, at the end, that's when she goes back and says, you know, I knew something wasn't right when I came to tell you that we had an offer on the place. You were slurring your words and talking to the chair. That's that scene from the beginning. Yeah. 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 Huh. I guess I just thought that she was just saying, like, I knew something. I knew that something was wrong all along. Right. Not that any of that wasn't real, but she knew that there was something wrong with her. But I, but, huh. but she says, all I did was call the ambulance, you know, thank yeah. you, Libby, for everything. You saved my life. The surgeon saved you. I just called the ambulance. I guess that could be at the end, but I think, I think it's meant to be all like in this feverscape, you know? Yeah. My thought process is because Libby does find her in the middle of the thing. And the then desert? takes her the desert. Yeah. He, well, she finds her outside of the, um, outside of the building later, like on page one thirty-seven, way long ago. Well, yeah. but that's when he, he finds her passed out. And that's when she, that's after that is when she's in the ambulance. And then what's his name comes out of the couch and then that's all this crap happens. She's in the hospital again and she gets out of the hospital. No, you know what? I, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, or maybe, maybe it's left open. Maybe you can look at it either way. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just saw that. Maybe that may, there's, maybe that's, you know, what now I mean, I'm going to read. Now I'm going to have to go back and read it again. <laughs> look at it. Well, it is a quick yeah. read, which is good for anyone who's right. thinking about they wanted to pick this book mm -hmm. up and are like, oh, I don't know. It's a pricey. It's a oh, if you buy it on Kindle, it's great. You know, it's like nine ninety nine. If you try yeah. to buy it on an Amazon, uh, I think you can buy it in the volumes. They're a little bit pricier. I, the omnibus is harder to get. I think you have to like pay like forty nine bucks for it now, and it's like that a much. third party wow. seller. But you got it. Like I remember when we first started looking at it, it was yeah. Now I think they sold out like their printing because it's only okay. available from like third party sellers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you want that omnibus, get on it now before it it takes off in price. Right. It's I you know I want to own in print too because it is a really independent story. Yeah, I do really like it. I, th I think it's a really good. I thought it was a really good story. Now you're making me want to reread again and see if I read it wrong or if you read it wrong. You know what, uh, Listen listeners, if you've read this, put it in the comments. Right. I don't know, man. Put it in Josh's I don't know, mouth, please. Yes, right up there. Uh, so, um, so here's art. what I want to know. Let's okay. let's talk a little art. What did you think of Terry Moore's art on this? I thing? love it. I love it. I love it all. I first of all. I got a huge crush on on Sam, like the way she's drawn. She's just adorable, gorgeous little character on here. Um, I love the rosiness that he does in like noses and cheeks yeah. with hatching sometimes, where you can just tell it's supposed to be red or sun has beat down on it in some of the scenes, like the hatching the hatching on her nose. Uh, yeah. I love um, I love when he doesn't put the detail in the face. And then sometimes he does, like when you see like the guy here at the end, like oftentimes we see the agent. I don't know if you can see that in the Josh yeah. on the screen. Um, mm -hmm. Like sometimes it's just bl left blanked out and the other times it's really detailed. I love it both. Yeah. I love both his styles when he gets really yeah. catchy with it. And then when he pulls back and it's, it's real blank and sparse. Uh, I love 
his character designs. I love Vic's haircut. You can like see the undercut <laughs> and the curls. Yeah. I love the um, the gorillas. Uh, his style. I love how they do Mike. Um, so I thought that the character renditions were really good. There's no doubt. Every character. Sometimes we read books and it's like, is that character that character? They, these this person draws women all the same, or this person draws these people, or like soldiers all the same. And Terry Moore has a very distinct character for. He's only probably has like twelve characters in here. Totally. Yeah, they, but they all you they all look very different. They all have different body types. They have different noses. He gives them a very and he gives them a very distinct style. And you said this this something you said earlier hit me about this too. It. It is a very Kelvin and Hobbes story, right? Yeah. You know, like they're on their adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a girl and her stuffed animal who it's happens sweet to be... sweet and funny, you know? Right. It has those and, moments and, of touchingness. And there are some times where it really does... I mean, he, I, like I said this before, it really has like a Sunday comic book feel to it. A really Sunday yeah. comic strip feel yeah. to some of it. I mean, he does some... I would say that he is a cartoonist. There are some very cartoony things in here. A little Doonesbury-esque, yeah. if I may. Yeah, yeah, right? no, they, you nailed it. But I, I really did. I really did dig the art. I don't think there's anything missing because it's not colored. Big um, panels, nice big panels, so you can see all the lines and stuff like that. Right. Sometimes these black and white, more indie esque comics, they they put like those that twelve panel spread and all that, you know. And it gets like it's just like all right. Like I know, like I, I always feel like the twelve panel black and white spread is like, look, it's art. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. But this, like you said, that Doonesbury Sunday strip, big panels on the page, uh, really lets you see all the art on display. I love it when when the the rooms are being filled with bullets and just yeah. How, I mean, how annoying must that have been to draw all those shells around the room, just like flying everywhere? That's like also it's also this very sort of it's very cartoony too. It has these very sort of cartoony beats in it right like all of those shells are very over the top right as they run in the room and and just blow the hell out of the place and there's just so many bullet holes and so many shell casings that it is this very sort of comical thing and then later on when the uh when the aliens give uh the one guy mermaid legs yeah right it's creepy right but there's all these little very cartoony pieces um, that show up like the mom and the dad who are driving in the car and the dad has like the ice cream on his head. Yeah, yeah. It's a very sort of like Calvin and Hab- Hobbes I'm dad right, right now. Yeah, yeah. And and there's all the these babies little... upside down the, in the car seat in the back. Yeah. There's all these things that are very, very cartoony that that fit really well with sort of the story that he's telling. But then he gets super detailed on some stuff. It's just I really love his art style. It's very it's very good. It's yeah. very good. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches between last week uh, and um, Bill uh, Sinkevich and yeah. uh, Terry Moore this week. Completely different styles, completely different. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think that's what's so great about comic books. Yeah. Right? Like, they both told, you know, like, they both drew a magnificent story in their own way. Like, that services the story. It, like, right. It, it, like, it creates the tone. Right. It really does. And I, I think that that's probably why I feel that this story is so sweet, because it really does that that black and white, that sort of the art style really does remind me of a Sunday comic strip. There's something sweet about it, even though it's dealing with these hard issues. His art 
lends it this sort of fanciful quality. Yeah. His art does so much characterization. Like, uh, Sam looks like a sweet but tough girl, like someone you want to like, you know? Uh, Yeah. He does a lot of really good acting with it, right? Like, there are... There are moments when he does those pinpoint eyes, right? Where yes. he just does the dot eyes and it just it just fits with what he's what he needs to do in that moment. And then there are times when, you know, someone's eyes get huge and buggy. And that's not what anybody in real life looks like, but he does he's able to convey all of this stuff with You see um who's the bigger goon? Which one's that one? Um, Vic, right? Like Vic is the heavy set one. Yeah, and and Vic is like out waiting in the desert for his friend to come back. Larry and Larry, he's waiting for Larry to come back, and he the acting on the face, he looks Vic. so he Larry. looks so pitiful. Yeah, right. Like the way he draws him, he's just out in the desert, just sadly looking up at the sky, and because he flips it to that cartoony look. It's very much like, oh, right. Like he does look really sad. And I, and I think that that's this very comic booky thing that that good cartoonists can do that you see that that was magnified by 10 and stuff mm. in manga. Right. Yeah, like yeah, in yeah. manga, they take that 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 saccharine sweet thing. Yeah. Like, and they oh, kawaii. And they, <laughs> they throw it. They multiply it way too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here there's no giant teardrop or sweat stain. But he 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 tweaks the realness into that cartoon at the right times and in the right, right ways, and it and it it really is good. It really services it. I really did enjoy his full story from his writing. The dialogue is good. Um, the the relationships he builds in it and the way that people talk to each other is really good. Uh, and then you pair that with his art and I think it's a really, it's a great story. The um, is really good too. Like it's, yeah. It's yeah. Really, it's really, really touching. So, all right. Time for our favorite part of the show. Favorite right. panel. What you is your favorite? And you get a panel and you get a panel. What's your, what's your favorite panel, Travis? Uh, my favorite panel is in volume. T- this is, I don't know what issue it is. Um, on Kindle, it's page 69. It's where, um, uh, Sam and uh, Mike are at the bar, and it's that bottom uh, panel on the page. Um, and because this, we talked earlier about how he sets up a joke in a panel so well. And uh, so Samantha is getting drunk with Mike. Uh, Libby is in the restroom, and uh, you know, there's kind of there's they're hanging out like pals. And Sam says it's the same thing. And then uh, Mike says monkeys drool, gorillas rule. And she says, you're not getting the bra, dude. He goes, it's my fantasy. I get the bra. Right? And his <laughs> face, like, you can just see, like, talking about the acting. You know, he's like, yeah, I get the bra. You know? It's, just, it's like that look on his face. And the so, way that he broke those those word balloons down, like, it, it, it hits the beats. It's the same thing. Monkeys rule, gorillas drool. You're not getting the bra, dude. It's my fantasy. I get the bra. Like, right. You know, that, those, like, those, those spaces in those balloons give it the pause that an actor would deliver that in. Right, right. Um, my favorite panel, I really do, and I'm going to tell you, it, it's a it's a cheap panel because it is, um, I don't do, there's so many little good I things. So, I, I, I kept going, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. So I just was like, I just picked one of the ones that I liked. 
there's one where a dude gets blasted by the ray and he's like turns into a skeleton where the ray yes. is and yes. it's so it's so good and it's so cartoony but i'm gonna tell you there's one it's near the end it's when all the ships it's a full page spread uh it's on 191 in the omnibus uh and it looks like this travis if you want to yes, take a it. page it's a super artsy i want it in my house yeah. because it's so sparse um and it's all of the ships kind of flying overhead uh and all very everybody simple, very simple lines right in the page before everybody's kind of everybody's looking up in the sky i love that page uh, they all have their different you know their different facial expressions as it's coming up and then shit hits the fan um and you know people are getting zapped there's all this stuff is happening and i i just really i really dug the whole I just love that how sparse it is. Yeah. And it's very picturesque. And then on the next page, a dude gets zapped apart. It's very Mars attacks. But he does that a couple times throughout the book where he'll have like a very sparse because they're in the desert and you can do this. It's this incredibly sparse landscape. So he does that several times throughout it where he, it's a great pause. Right. Yeah. He does it earlier on when Vic is waiting in the desert. Right. And it and he does it a handful of times. But I found that full page spread to be this really sort of. Pretty. But I don't know, it just sets a good moment because it's this calm. Before the next couple pages, when everything goes to shit, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think he does really well. He he sets up the scene. He's a good Terry Moore is a storyteller, man. He's, he's got just, really he, good pacing. Yeah, he's got really good pacing, really good characterization. So he's a, he he is a writer who could write in any genre, I think. But because he's so good at drawing, like <laughs> comics is where he belongs, you know. Right. Like, I, it makes right. me want to check out more of his stuff. I want to check out that. that uh, what's the uh, uh, not Alice one, but what's Strangers the one? and Parent? Oh, uh, um, Rachel Rising. Rachel Rising. Right. I want. I read the first couple issues of that. I'd like to go back and read that. It'll cost me a couple bucks to get the full, you know, the full omnibus of it. But however, I heard um, in looking some stuff up for this this book, just kind of like uh, you know, like the history of its publication is that uh people when people review this they say it's very different tone than yeah. his other works so uh i don't know if this is reminiscent of his work as a whole or if this is kind of an outlier as far as tone i'm guessing the art style is going to be very similar if he's if he's doing the rest of them but i would think so yeah. i mean it, it looks the 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 characters look similar to what I read in, in Rachel Rising, okay. uh, but that's just a different story, right? It's about yeah. a, a girl who comes back to life, so it's it's a different it's a different kind of genre. Um, but um, here's what I want to know, Travis: you don't have a physical copy to put in someone's hands. I know, but but who would you tell to go read this? That's a good question. Um, I was thinking about that because I knew this question was going to come up, and my first instinct was. I would be hesitant. My first instinct when I thought about this this morning, because I knew you were going to ask this, um, was I don't know if I would recommend this to anyone in particular. But honestly, after talking to you about this, and this is why I love doing this, honestly, because yeah. it, it makes me books that I'm just kind of like, oh, this, this is good. By the time we're done talking about it, I'm like, oh, I, oh, wow, yeah, this is this is really good. Like someone else needs to read this. And I usually yeah. go into these podcasts being like, oh, I enjoyed it, but uh. so. I, I don't. 
I don't have anyone in particular in mind. I, I do think people, there are people out there who need to read this, but I can't think of a demographic. So I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you kind of bear the burden of this one. Like, who would you recommend this to? Good skip out, yep. buddy. Uh, I think, you know, I think that this is, I think this is good. And this is good comic booking. It just is. It's not, it's not too deep. It's not too, like, realistic. It's not too, you know what I mean? If someone was looking to get out away from superhero comics and they're like, I want to read something that's not superheroes. I don't want to read capes. I think this is a really good book mm. because it's not, it's not as indie as some of the stuff that I, it's not as indie looking as, you know, some Jeff Lemire stuff. It's not as, you know, kooky looking as some other stuff, but I think it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good story. It looks good. It has a good tone to it. I would hand this. I have several friends that I think I would hand this to. People who've been on the show before. I'd hand it to Freddie in a heartbeat because I think Freddie would like it. Yeah. I think Jeremy. I think Jeremy would like yeah, it. I think Jeremy would like it. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think it's a very good, like, it's a quality story to hand over to someone who maybe hasn't read comics since comic strips, right? Like maybe they were a Sunday comic book kind of guy, a, a person. I think this is a good. Uh, this could be a good. Oh, you haven't read a, you haven't read comic books in a long time. You want to check something out? Here's something you should check out, right? Like it's a full story. It's not too long. It reads quick. There's not a ton of ugly dialogue, right? Yeah. Here's here's someone I'd recommend it to. And I don't often do this because I don't like to presume on people's emotions and feelings uh, and be like, hey, you're going through this. Why don't you read this? Because it's, I don't know, it's a little presuming. But I think, you know, anyone who has suffered like some kind of tragedy and they're in that funk afterwards where they don't feel like themselves. Um, this is, I think this is a good book because what I like it is, is that Sam is never the victim in this, yeah. right? She's even, even while she's dealing with this post-traumatic stress and that could be, this is war, but it could be anything. It could be, uh, the death of someone you loved or, or any kind of, uh, uh, tragedy, personal tragedy, that where you just don't feel like yourself. Sometimes it's easy to like victimize yourself and feel like this. But I like Libby. Uh, Libby uh, Sam is such a strong character in the way she deals with this. And there's a sense that she's going to miss the state of mind of this. You know, as it being Mike. You know, there, there, there's beauty in everything, and there's even beauty in like your most tragic disheartened right. sad moments in life and i think that's what this book shows is like that's that's a time period in your life when you're dealing with this but there's still humor in it there's still beauty yeah. in it and yeah. you can still be the hero in your own life at those times so i know that's kind of corny and cheesy but sometimes i, I would it would have to be someone that i really know and feel comfortable being like hey i know you're going through this um and you know keeping your mind occupied uh check this out i i like this i think i think there's some really good uh, the it's a really good story the theme works really well and maybe you can take something from it right i you know i thought i thought i was really glad we read it i'm really glad that i picked it up i'm glad that i was able to get the omnibus so that i can hand it off to somebody and go you should read this take a look at it you know read it it's it's a, it's a quality a quality story but give it back because so, it is pricey. yes but give it back <laughs> I got it. I think I paid probably twenty seven for it or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It must be out of print because now it's it's like forty bucks. Yeah, thirty nine, forty nine dollars, depending on who you get it from. You might be able to go uh, to but, Terry Moore's site and get it for if you go directly to his site. I think he sells stuff yeah, on there. Yeah. So here's here's how we wrap up the show, Travis. Talk about the what's coming up in October show. 
Yeah, so so here's what we got going on, guys. We got an October show. We're doing a couple show trade-offs where we're going to have some folks come on the show. We're going to go on some other shows. We're kind of reaching out to some uh, some other Arizona podcasts. The, there's this collective of, of folks who do um, – YouTube YouTube videos or YouTube shows, they do podcasts, they blogs, do some website, websites, blogs. Yeah. And so it's called the Arizona Nerd Network. And so we are uh, you know, AZ Nerdcast. Yeah, AZ Nerdcast. So we are we are uh, kind of jumping into this AZ Nerdcast thing, and we are gonna be show swapping with some of these some of these folks. And so the guys from Couch Crunchers mm-hmm. uh, are gonna come on and they're gonna talk. We're gonna do some Spooky October books, like spooky. we like to do spooky. spooky. We like to do spooky. spooky. We like to do spooky October books. And our spooky October books, we're actually doing two of them. We're going to read two trades that are going to throw us into the Archie, the Archieverse. Yeah, nothing. So we're going to read spooky like prepubescent hormones. <laughs> so we're going to read. We're going to read two books. We're going to do the Chilling Adventures. Uh, is it Chilling Adventures of yeah, Sabrina? Chilling I want to say that's what it is. Which so I we're going to the read... same title for the Netflix show. Yeah, we're going to read the first volume of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and. We're going to do the first volume of Afterlife with Archie, which tons of people have read Afterlife with Archie. Yep. I read it a long time ago. I think that was the first so trade gonna... we read together and decided, like, hey, let's do a podcast. Not on that book, but like, oh, we both right. play comics. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to go back. I think it's in my house somewhere. Me too. I got to find it. Or I'm going to have to order it yeah, again. Me which too, is... exactly. I know. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm excited to go back and reread it. I'm excited to talk about it with some people, and I'm excited to look at it in the context of all of the Riverdale in my life. Yeah, yeah. And have a conversation about, uh, about sort of how Ar- how Ar- Archie gets into all of these different things. Genre. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that a little bit. Archie uh, but that, is the genre be... hopper. He's like the uh, quantum leap of genres. Oh right. boy. <laughs> yeah. So a predator I'm, behind him. Oh boy. <laughs> there actually is Archie versus Predator. So <laughs> Archie meets the Ramones. Yeah. Uh, so I'm 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 excited to talk about that. Uh, but then, um, so we'll we'll have uh, our guests on the show from Couch Crunchers are going to come on and do that one. We're going to talk two books. That's one of our October books we've got going on. Uh, we will do uh, a variant edition coming up because I want to ask Trav- uh, I want to ask Travis what he thinks about the uh, the new Joker. I want to yes, know. I saw the photo. And yeah. I, yeah. I want to know what he thinks about it. So we'll talk about that on the next one. I have a question for you, and we'll we'll and you can think about this. Why? You know, uh, why is there a Joker movie? I don't know. But but a general topic. So I'm getting my my travel plans down for this year, and when I travel places, I I like to go to places, and if I go someplace and they filmed like some sort of pop culture thing there, like a Lord of the Rings sequence or like a Jurassic Park, I like to go there. So if you could visit any set from pop culture or media, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, comic book, movie, and you could visit like where that was filmed on location, okay. where would you want to go and visit? So keep All right. that in that's, mind. That's a little, a little discussion point for us yeah. next time. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's what we've got coming up. We are putting together our list of books that we're going to do. Uh, so now you know right now, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Volume 1 and Afterlife with Archie Volume 1 are going to be on the next uh, the next episode, the next Comic Book Club episode. Uh, and then we'll put the list of the other books we're going on. Remember, uh, you can find all of our old episodes at www.comicexposure.com or oh. on any... Or on any podcast app on <laughs> iTunes, you can go and find all those old episodes. Check them out. We've talked about a ton of books over the time that we've been doing this show. Uh, a ton of uh, of great comic books that I think we've talked about. We've probably only had three books that we didn't like, yeah. which is out of everything we've done or that one of us didn't like. And so, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, it's you can go back impressive. and listen to that. 
you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. Uh, and if you've got questions or anything, just shoot us a message. Uh, comic Exposure at uh, gmail.com, I think, is our is our web as our email address. So if you have a question for us, you can find us. You can tweet at us if you got a question. You want to yeah, throw us a, a comic book whatever. to read. Yeah, if you want to throw us a comic book to read or you want us to um, you got a question or something for us to talk about on the variant edition, let us know. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, it's always good. It's good to hang out with my brother, Trav. Word up. All right. We'll see you next trade. Maybe I'm an imaginary. Maybe I'm your imaginary friend. No! Oh, 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 oh.